0: Hi, Bruno Jr. here. Our podcast, Busting Addiction and Smith's, is sponsored by SafeHouseRehab.com. SafeHouse believes that traditional treatments fall short of the needs of clients who face the modern problems of addiction. Modern problems need modern solutions. Multiple addictions, multiple relapses, multiple triggers, and cheaper and more powerful street drugs set up unprecedented challenges facing treatment centers. What is needed is a more sophisticated approach a better way forward. There are 3 reasons to choose our progressive modern treatment program. 1, a more sophisticated intake process, 2, technology proven to enhance recovery, and 3, the most robust aftercare program in our sector. To learn more, visit us at safehouserehab.com. Today, I want to talk about one of the most destructive illegal drugs, a drug that causes profound and shocking damage to the bodies and minds of those who choose to abuse it, as if they've retained the power of choice which is by now gone. I call this episode the quickest high and the steepest fall. We're talking about methamphetamine, also known as speed on the street, a name that most ordinary law-abiding citizens will undoubtedly recognize. Let's call this the third session in the tutorial series entitled Bruno J's Drug Class. The first two were about crack cocaine and fentanyl, while episodes 4 and 5 will cover heroin and marijuana. Although I devote much of each episode to an individual drug, the truth is that users will more often than not use more than one drug at a time. Fentanyl, for example, has become notorious for the many different drugs with which it is combined, with or without the knowledge of the user. Do you know why it's called speed? Most people think it's because of the way users act when they're high on meth, a street name for methamphetamine. They think it's because of the herky-jerky movements that users exhibit, the way their eyes dart and how they talk fast in a sc- staccato-type rap. The user's normal motion becomes turbocharged, involuntarily shifting gears up to overdrive. All of the above may be true, but the real reason it's called speed is the nature of the user experience itself. Speed has a unique ability to rapidly release exceptionally high levels of dopamine in the reward areas of the brain. It therefore strongly reinforces drug-taking behavior, making the user want to repeat the experience over and over again. By the same token, users experience a rapid crash after the drug is taken, mirroring the extreme high with an equally extreme low. It doesn't take much. Taking even small amounts of meth can result in many of the same health effects as those of other stimulants taken at higher levels. These include the following. Increased wakefulness and physical activity. It's not unheard of for users to stay up for 30 hours straight or more as they continue to smoke, snort, or inject meth just to stay high. Decreased appetite. There is less interest in nourishment than there is of getting and staying high. Faster breathing and a regular heartbeat, the body's natural processes, including the user's metabolic rate, runs much faster. Increased blood pressure and or body temperature. Because meth stresses the entire system, it's not surprising that stress shows up as increased blood pressure and body temperature, often to dangerously high levels. Who makes it and how is it made? Most methamphetamine sold in the United States is produced by the transactional criminal organizations in Mexico, or TCOs, as they are known by the FBI. What makes this form of speed so appealing to drug dealers and users is that it is highly pure, extremely potent, and very cheap. A lot of high for not a lot of money. Twenty dollars goes a long way. By then, It takes a lot of 20s to keep the high going day and night. It explains why more meth is sold after midnight than at any other time of day. The first hit might take place in the early afternoon when some users finally wake up. So by the time night rolls around, they're craving for more of the same. If they can score some cheap cocaine in the meantime, that will have to do. In its pure, that is, Mexican form, it looks like glass fragments or bluish-white rocks. These are heated and smoked or snorted in powder form. In its most potent and lethal form, meth is diluted in water or alcohol, then injected using the same type of syringe that heroin addicts typically use to maintain their high. Meth is synthesized from pseudoephedrine, obtained commercially in Mexico or made by small meth labs in the U.S. using the pseudoephedrine found in the more powerful cough medicines sold by pharmacies. As of this writing, retailers are required by the Drug Enforcement Agency, the DEA in the U.S., to keep records of sales to specific individuals as a way of limiting access to a cheap and plentiful supply of the base ingredient. Long-term health effects are many and life-threatening. The fundamental risk to health brought on by addiction to meth is that it is proven to cause changes in the structure of the user's brain. No other addiction claims this level of brain damage, not even addiction to cocaine or to heroin. The most dramatic of these changes is the gradual onset of extreme paranoia. Now known by the psychiatric community as delusional disorder, it is characterized by delusions that are unshakable beliefs in something untrue. This overwhelming and obsessive belief gives rise to extreme violence consistent and high levels of anxiety, debilitating fatigue and depression, and intense confusion as to what is real and what is not. In addition to this long list of damaging effects we add, among those who inject meth, addicts are at an increased risk of infectious diseases such as HIV and hepatitis B and C transmitted through contact with blood or other body fluids that can remain on needles used by others. Judgment and decision making is distorted, which leads to risky behavior such as unprotected sex, increasing the odds of acquiring HIV and other STDs, that is, sexually transmitted diseases. Overall, cognitive problems include the deterioration of thinking, understanding, learning, and remembering. Physical symptoms include extreme weight loss, intense itching, which causes skin sores due to scratching, and severe dental problems such as black teeth also known as meth mouth. Many addicts overdose on meth. It's estimated that a majority of alcoholics use other drugs as well, and meth is one of them. According to Health and Human Services, HHS, in the U.S., 64% of alcoholics admitted to treatment in 2019 met criteria for drug abuse disorder at some point in their lifetime. This goes back to a point I made in a previous podcast episode where I pointed out that the addiction of multiple substances, especially among alcoholics, is rising. This means that if your loved one is an alcoholic, the odds are better than 50% that he or she is also using other drugs, including meth, cocaine, and fentanyl. It also turns out that 15% of all drug overdose deaths, estimated to be 30,000 in the U.S. in 2019, involve methamphetamine. And to no one's surprise, 50% of those deaths, or 7.5% of the total, involve our old nemesis fentanyl. Note that hardly anyone is reported to overdose on alcohol. Rather, rather, an alcohol-related death will be reported as a death caused by a drunk driver. The sad and frightening fact is that drunk drivers kill and maim other innocent people. In some disturbing cases, the drunk driver survives the crash while the innocents are murdered. Where do meth overdoses happen? No family is immune to the risk of an overdose of an illicitly acquired drug, including meth. The federal government in the U.S. collects and distributes an amazing array of data on drug and alcohol abuse. They also have data on overdose deaths from methamphetamine. Meth overdose deaths fall into one of two geographies. Deaths in the major market cities like New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago are traced to meth that comes from Mexico. Overdose deaths in small markets such as Little Rock, Arkansas, or in truly small towns like, let's say, Inkster, Michigan, are traced to meth produced in small meth labs out in the countryside. Meth from small labs in the U.S. is probably less pure than meth made in Mexico, but it's more deadly. Meth cooked locally contains many impurities due to the scarcity of high-grade chemicals that the Mexican labs have access to. Save a life, get into treatment. There's a wonderful campaign of years ago about the importance of using seatbelts. The life you save may be your own. While it is true that most active addicts will tune out messages imploring them to get help, It is equally true that the family needs help in recovering from the effects of addiction in their own home. Recovery starts with an understanding that addiction is a disease, not a moral failing or the idea that the family did something wrong. The family can get help for themselves from professional counselors and from Al-Anon, a 12-step program for the families and friends of alcoholics and addicts. Please visit www.al.com. That's alanon.org with a dash between al and anon. The family can also turn to professional counseling into Narcotics Anonymous, a 12 step program founded to help those addicted to harmful illegal drugs. To learn more, visit www.na.org. So, what did we learn about meth? Well, we learned that one, it is one of the most destructive drugs due to its unique ability to get users high quickly and instantaneously. As quickly as it gets users high, it causes a quick crash, which has users craving for more immediately. Two, it is widely available, cheap, and pure, especially when it comes from Mexico, where most of it's produced. Three, its main destructive effect lies in its ability to trigger paranoid psychosis, which gives rise to violence and other forms of unpredictable, harmful behavior. It also causes anxiety, fatigue, and extreme depression, along with weight loss and bad teeth. Number four, help is available for addiction to meth as with any other drug. The two key paths to recovery are cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, and 12-step programs such as Narcotics Anonymous, NA, keeping in mind that recovery programs should have elements of both for recovery to take hold and to flourish. Our podcast is sponsored by safehouserehab.com, a modern approach to recovery. To learn more, visit us at safehouserehab.com.